0: Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio Interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Matt Arrett and Connecting the Dots on today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
1: All right. Welcome to this week's episode of Connecting the Dots on TNT Radio. I'm your host, Matt Eric. With me today as our first guest is V, the Gorilla Economist, my good friend, co-host of a weekly show on Rogue News, and he's the founder of Rogue News. He does regular broadcast there, and he also oversees Amparo, which people can go to his website. We'll we'll talk a little bit about, more about uh, Amparo and, and what V is doing there. But V is a geoeconomic analyst, somebody with a good set, good understanding of historic dynamics. An appreciation for a lot of the things that other people tend to ignore regarding what's going on behind the scenes and what's going on behind the statistics. When we look in or we're told that something has happened on NASDAQ, he's always looking at, well, what are the physical realities behind the shadows of the math? So I really appreciate
2: talking to VV. Thank you for joining us. We've got a lot to, to go through today. Matt, it's a pleasure to be on with you. And every time I'm on with you, it's always a lot. Of, I, I enjoy it. So lots of things going on in the world uh, I mean, my God, we are in the 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 distress of the nation, so to speak. <laughs> so I well, don't know where you thing. want to. I,
1: I would not have expected it, and you're, that's actually the, the first thing I want to sort of ask you about today. I mean, we're not going to jump straight into the economic, uh, geo-economic thing necessarily, but obviously the. Uh, the economic meltdown of the US, the, 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 the danger of the meltdown of the transatlantic, the danger of of ungovernability amongst nations that we thought were stable is something yeah. which we've been talking about for years and years here. We're living through the breakdown on, on many levels. But one thing I didn't expect last week was or even a few days ago, I didn't I don't think too many people anticipated it, this was going to accelerate to this extent is what's going on in Texas. Uh, Governor Greg Abbott just invoked Article one, Section 10 to deal with the border invasion. Um, obviously I personally have mixed feelings about all of this. I don't know why he didn't wait a little bit longer because there is a a presidential race. If he believes Trump is going to win, I don't know why we didn't, he didn't withhold what could escalate into something that gets out of control where 25 other, other states have joined in and given support that could feasibly lead to some sort of a conflagration with federal authorities. I don't know that that being said. It is a giant mess and I I feel some satisfaction about a state actually using its rights to say something should
2: get done. What is your take on what's going on right now? That's a good question. You know, a colleague of mine said it best. He says, I'll take this seriously when they started arresting federal agents and IRS agents in those respective Republican controlled states. Uh, Until that happens, he said he's not, he's not gonna get too excited about it. I laughed and chuckled at that because I thought that was kind of hilarious. But it kind, of, it kind of does make a point. Is this some sort of political theater? Is this some sort of, hey, a, a, a grand distraction, right? Or is this some sort of a, a setup to a bigger conflagration between federal authorities and states' rights? And just like you, Matthew, I'm an advocate for states' rights. I, I, I think states have a, a responsibility to defend themselves and do what is best to protect their citizenry. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, well, you, you made a great point. Why now? Why now, people? Look, being a kid, growing up in the United States in the early '80s, I'll tell you right now, I've been hearing about 11 million illegals in this country for my entire life. I'm 44 today, right? For the entire entire duration of my lifetime, I've been hearing we have 11 million illegals <laughs> every year. I don't believe that anymore. I think the number is probably closer to 40 million, maybe slightly more. Okay, so we have this massive buildup of illegals. We have this huge swarm that's coming across month after month for the last three years, why is Abbott doing this now? It's it's not like he all of a sudden, oh, guess what, guys? Look, there's a law in the Texas books that allows us to defend our own borders. Let's utilize that. What a brilliant idea. You know, that's a very good question, and I'm not exactly sure as to why now, right? So knowing that there's a law in the books, knowing that he executes this order, Right now. The bigger question is, why now? And what are they distracting us from? Is the second question I always ask myself. And number three, you know, there are elements within the United States that would love to see the United States fracture, that would love to see United States fall into a civil war. Um, look, I want the deep state gone as 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 much as the next man. I want the unelected bureaucracy, the the absolute disgusting vultures that are in Washington, D.C., gone as much as the next guy. But at the same time, as the United States goes through this transition, especially economically, we are heading for a collapse, you want the United States intact. You want the United States to be a great country amongst other great countries. If you fracture the United States, when you divide us in two, I don't know how that's going to fit into the border the broader multipolar world. I think a a divided United States is more problematic to the peace and stability in a multipolar reality because you can't have a divided country like this where, you know, you have this fractured, divided country. It's in civil war and we got 5,000 nukes. That's a problem for the broader Mm. world to handle. So Mm. there's a lot of questions I have as to why this is going on right now.
1: Mm. Yeah, that that's a good point. And and I um I was I was thinking a little bit about what was the the motive uh catalyzer behind this decision now. And one of the, the things that popped up in all the news feeds is this letter. You've probably heard about this, this letter written by 10 former FBI agents. And when well, yeah, I looked at can, the list of the, of these agents, we can trust all, them,
2: Matt.
1: Yeah, right? You know, and and I mean like you're you're looking at who who are these people when These are not just FBI agent whistleblowers. These are people who are like Kevin Brock, the former acting director of intelligence and deputy director of national counterterrorism. It's Timothy Healy, the former director of terrorist screening centers across America. Tim McNally, the assistant director for the FBI L.A. division. I mean, these are very high level people, very, very high up in the higher initiated process in an agency that we have known has been, um, a core base of the fifth column deep state going back to the murder of JFK and before that, and it didn't right. get less yeah. deep statey. So it's like these guys are the ones warning that you have like all of these terrorists infiltrating in within the young male, uh immigrant illegal immigrant population, and thus that has been used as the reason for why the border at this moment you have you you know you're you're getting this issue uh, spring up. Yeah. And um, I agree that there there are nefar- like shady elements coming through, but at the same time. If you think about the real reason why there's been all of these terrorist actions in America, it wouldn't happen were it not for the coordination and carrying out primarily of the CIA, the FBI themselves, yeah. not because of I don't think there's any cases of just, you know, um, immigrants just coming in and saying, I I hate McDonald's and, and American liberty so much. And I'm just going to do this. I'm going to yeah. destroy the country that's giving me free money. Uh, <laughs> It's usually that they're they're being, you know, used, if anything, as a front for an, uh, these these got the the agencies that these guys are working for, who are the ones writing this letter. So why they're acting like they're the the Patriots or we're being told that these FBI agents are the Patriots is for me, again, another shady alarm bell that that rings in my head on top of what you've just said, that there are certain forces that would love to see a civil war in the United States.
2: So absolutely right, man. You know, th- that's the whole entire thing. Um, look at the narrative. One of the things, one of the hallmarks of the deep state is is their tired, worn out, used tropes that they use over and over and over again. In this border crisis, we're witnessing the same thing, right? All of a sudden we have this border crisis and now they're saying There are Islamic terrorists that are coming in. They're infiltrating us. We must stop them. You know, uh, we found prayer rugs in the middle of the Mexican desert uh, near the California border or the Texas border. They're clearly coming over. We found it in Arizona, and so on and so forth. At the same time, the issues that are happening in the Red Sea, the same time where you have neocons who have been pushing this, we need to attack Iran nonsense for the last several decades at this point. So the timing is very, very convenient. Because you gotta, you gotta understand, man. The FBI from the bottom foundation to the topmost stone, it is a corrupt agency. People are like, oh, there's some good guys there. No, there is no good guys there. Stop it. Yeah, there were some good guys of the Nazis too, but you gotta understand. It's like the good guys. Their whole point is to keep the bureaucracy in order to absolutely change the the the. the 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 culture of the FBI. You have to end the FBI. It has to be purged. It has to be remade into something new, just like the OSS was destroyed, and then they created the civilian CIA, which was a thousand times worse. Right? The OI, the OSS was gone, but um, so the same thing occurs here, where you can't trust these guys. You cannot trust the these FBI experts. The same, like you said, these are sheep dipped deep staters who've lied all they do is lie they lie to you about everything but now they're like oh trust us there's some uh some you know military age men coming across i'm like i looked at and the funniest thing is when they try to when they try to put these uh supposed chinese migrants on the border supposed and i say supposed cuz god knows where they're from they're like these are military age fighting men i look at i look at some of these skinny out of shape fat guys you know who are who's just coming here for work, right? And they're putting this into the American psyche because they're trying to create a narrative. So if they do set off a false flag, aha, we have an Iranian proxy Hezbollah group here working hand-in-hand hand with Chinese terror cells to attack us here. This the this is the sick, twisted mind of the neocon here in the United States. And they're dumb enough to do something stupid like that. And there are idiots in this country that actually believe this nonsense and, and then and then start to peddle it all across the entire nation, you know, so that potentiality is there without a doubt.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, what on that on that note, what do you think is recently we've we've heard from the uh, the South? Let's let's just shift gears a little bit to the international uh, space yeah. a bit just yesterday or the day before there was the uh, the International Court of Justice that ruled. Kind of in favor of uh, of South Africa uh, regarding their claims or their, their 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 desire to try to demonstrate and get international recognition that there is a genocide that is intended that is ongoing in Gaza and there was sort of a, a mini win where the the justices there at the ICJ did rule saying that no there is evidence of a genocide they asked that uh, Israel stop they didn't ask for a ceasefire, mind you. So there's a little bit of a, uh, you know, a a, weak, a weakness in the victory celebrations there. But despite that, Bibi Netanyahu came out saying, no, we're not going to stop. And he even went further uh, this week saying that Iran is a legitimate target of attack since it is yeah. at the heart of the snake. Um, what are your uh, thoughts regarding the, the ICJ's um, decision and the outcome there and is there really an increased danger at all of an attack on iran
3: um
2: the icj decision if you if it was a very limp-wristed half-hearted decision right Mm. it was a, a a little slap on the wrist oh you know they didn't want to say anything that was too too much of an affront to israel and to the to the western oligarchs um that are in the icj Will will there be? An, a, but the but the thing is this, I think when you look at it from the other angle, the victory, the small victory, the tiny little victory that, that South Africa got, it lends credence, it lends legitimacy to this whole entire claim that what Israel is doing is insane. Now Israel being being run by a maniac, a war criminal named Netanyahu, Netanyahu because he's nuts. Right? Netanyahu, this is a guy in trouble. This is a guy where one of the Israeli defense ministers is like, look, the biggest threat to Israel is not Hamas. It's Netanyahu. He needs to go. He's he's destroying the country. Israel's economy is in t- tatters. It's always been in tatters. It's a welfare state. Uh Now you have the, 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 the situation here where Netanyahu, he can't let off. Okay? He can't let off. He's going to go, he's going to try and go full force with this but the funny thing is the IDF is a caricature of what it once was back in, you know, 40 50 years ago. This is a a a, a and, and Scott Ritter does a great job explaining this. Andre Martinov does a great job explaining this. Uh, Colonel Douglas McGregor does a great job explaining this. The IDF is a sh- is a shell army run by kids. That's who they are. And they are, they are getting smoked by Hamas in every major conflict that's happening right now. And look, here's the thing. Hezbollah has not entered the fray. So if Israel's stupid enough, and there are people that are in the West, you know, generals in the West saying, don't do this, let's not create a greater regional crisis and a regional war, let's not do this. Because the most dangerous thing in the world is a country or a group of people that believes their own B.S. And unfortunately, much of Western countries, they believe their own B.S. Mm-hmm. America believes its own B.S. We're the, the, the city on the hill. We're the largest superpower in the world. We're the greatest economy and blah, blah, blah. All lies. We're a marketing scheme that props up a Ponzi scheme. That is all what the United States is. Israel is really no different. Okay? It is a, it is a criminal organization the Likud is a criminal party. The Knesset is absolutely corrupt. And what it is is that they do. if they ever go to war with Iran, Iran will end them. The only thing Israel will ha- will then do because they're nut jobs is the question, actually, you know, it was a question, will they do the, the Samson option, which is the, they, they set off the nukes, they end themselves as well as their enemies. I don't think they're that crazy. Because over the last several decades, I have a good buddy of mine who served in the IDF. I had a few friends of mine that went through the IDF. And for years, they were telling me, man, he's like, V, the IDF is a joke. You have guys who are coming on as trainees. I'm training them. Their mothers would call me complaining that I'm pushing them too hard and that they want their little sunny boys to no longer be in this level of basic training, to go for a more cushier position as such and such a job looking at surveillance surveillance and one of the things that was told to me was that there is no surveillance these kids are always on instagram and TikTok, mm-hmm. doing looking at vids up, updating their social right. media profile when they should right. be watching the borders so people are like oh my god this must be a a planned false flag because israel has the most secure borders in the world no it's watched by retarded kids that's who watches israel's borders so when you have retarded kids watching Israel's borders, who are too busy updating their social media profile. Of course, there's going to be an attack. This is, but they didn't think that attack was going to happen. Why? Because they believe the Western bullshit, which is, you know what? Nothing's going to happen to us. Hamas is not stupid. We are the greatest army in the entire Middle East. We're the most vaunted fighting force. Nothing can beat us, even though they've lost against Hezbollah, not once but twice. Even though they've failed in quelling Hamas not once but several times it doesn't stop them so now nataniha was like we had to push towards iran these people are sick they're sick yeah, yeah. no
1: i think that that you you've uh, really put the, hit the nail on the head that that at the end of the day when you start consuming your own drugs you're you're going to cr- misstep galore and, oh, and that's yeah. that's what is really contaminating all of the thinking of the auxiliaries the people who have been like assigned to positions of the guardians of the of western civilization is that they've been put through themselves the, the, um, the pool of, of meteor, meteorocrity that was designed to make the victims of the oligarchy become dumber and more compliant and more easy to manage by becoming more decadent, more simple-minded, more soft-minded. That's actually also affected the, the Biden's, the Justin Trudeau's, the, the, uh, the kids who are being assigned to be the guardians of places like Israel, the bastion of, of democracy in the Middle East. So you I think you hit the nail on the head pretty well. I do there's obviously a, a coexistence of something very evil at the at the core of this whole operation, but that's a really important Achilles heel for people to hold in mind. We're gonna go for a quick commercial break and we're gonna come right back on TNTradio.live. TNT
0: Sonia Paulton.
3: You feel the need to describe yourself along with being a useless eater, free speech is not a phobia, as a male with a penis. Why would you feel the need to describe yourself as such?
0: Well, you never know these days, do you? anyone can have a penis apparently so just thought you better make sure everybody knows
3: and that and that is the reality isn't it words have lost all meaning and one of the things that i wanted you to come on and come and join me about and comment about is the whole issue of gender and transgenderism are you cis jack
0: no there's no such thing there was, there was literally no such thing till a couple of years ago, and it's, it's their religion, it's not mine, and I refuse to get involved with this sort of terminology. It's ridiculous. Sonia Poulton on today's News Talk TNT.
3: Take us back in time, and who was Mike Flynn?
0: He was the national security advisor to the president. Why is it that they go
3: after me so hard? Why me? Why does Barack Obama only talk about two people to the incoming president of the United States? When I was sentenced, the judge says, you have been convicted of lying to cover up for Donald Trump. To which I say, cover up what? Russian collusion? There was no Russian collusion to cover up. We see in
2: today's current uh, scenario with President Joe Biden, who came in with high expectations,
3: that he has been viewed as divisive. And we're committed to advancing transgender equality in the classroom. The liberal media say, well, this is his love for his son, and yes, he's gonna protect his son. But let me tell you, a lot of fathers love their son, but their sons had to go to jail when they broke the law.
2: This moment, people see a lot of those telltale signs of a far left drift to the country. Whether you're talking about socialism, or you're talking about
1: communism. Socialism is just a kinder cousin of communism, but the goal is the
3: same, for the state to have control of every aspect of your life. We have multiple hearings on different agencies that have actually just gone rogue. They took fewer men in the takedown of El Chapo than they did to arrest me. And Comey went back to his organization and brought his other thugs together to basically give them the ground rules. Okay, here's how we're gonna, here's what we're gonna do. And now I need some
0: ideas about how to execute this
1: these last four years. We need basically an exorcism in Washington, D.C.
3: When, you know, Satan is
0: tempting Jesus in the desert, I'll I'll give you all the riches of the world. I'll give you everything.
3: All you have to do is bow to me. That's what Barack Obama has done. That's what Jim Comey has done. That's what these bastards have done.
2: The Fall of Deceit, at salemnow.com. Are
0: we on the air? Am I on the air? You're on the air. On the air, twenty four seven. Your news talk giant, TNT.
1: All right, we're back for the second segment of the first hour of connecting the dots on TNT Radio. I'm here with uh, Vijay Varghese, the V, the, the Gorilla of the Economist, as he is known by his fans far and wide. Now, V, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about the de-dollarization issue, the collapse sure. of the U.S. dollar, uh, what can be done feasibly, but also how it's unfolding uh, recently. Um, the Chinese Treasury. Uh, I, I just saw a statistic on uh, Zero Hedge that there's been a 40 percent drop of U.S. holdings um, by the by the Chinese Treasury over last year's figure Around the same time spikes in gold, obviously buying up massive amounts of gold by Russia, China and other countries of Eurasia. Um, then there's also discussions of U.S. confiscation um, also European confiscation of Russian assets, 300 billion dollars of which are sitting in European and American banks uh what's your take on this do you think that uh that the u.s dollar is can be saved at this point or is this going in a no it can't
2: really no no Uh, we're we're at a stage and i told my clients this um, and uh around the world and and i deal with a lot of institutions a lot of high net worth individuals and one of the things i said is we're in a trajectory guys we're in a trajectory there's no escaping this and i said this three years ago right this trajectory that we're on right now they have made the dollar the de facto most toxic, most dangerous asset you could hold if you're a foreign country. Because every country in the world woke up the day they put in sanctions on Russia. And they said to themselves, you know what, today is Russia, tomorrow it's me, we're done holding this. And this is when you see an acceleration of uh, of of swap facilities, right, of currency swaps facilities that are occurring all throughout the world right now, that is accelerated at an exponential Uh, factor, okay? Magnitudes. And it's done because why do I want to take the dollar? I mean, Sergey Lavrov said it best. He said the United States is agreement non-capable. Perfectly said. Agreement non-capable. So if I want to do business with a country where I can have a good relationship with this country, I can have a good relationship with with the administration of this country, and then next four years, somebody new comes in, And the treaties that I've signed in place and the agreements that I have in place can all be shredded up on a whim. That's problematic. It doesn't work. And with every action that the United States does, we're going to use $300 billion to rebuild Ukraine. We all know that $300 billion will not be used to rebuild Ukraine. We all know $300 billion will be dispersed throughout to a lot of politicians and to a lot of individuals within the defense contracting world, and I'm not even going to talk about how it's also going to be dispersed into narco trafficking, human trafficking, and the like. I mean, when the whole Ukraine thing happened, one of the things I wrote an article on, detail that. And so the world sees this, the world's woken up. And this is the problem when you, again, when a nation believes its own BS, they actually think they have some sort of credibility in what they say. The world's woken up to the fact that, hey, you know what? Um, we're not going to use their dollars. We all know that they're going to take their dollar. This is all for money laundering purposes. They're going to launder it into their own coffers. So what the United States is doing, the number one destroyer, you talk to an American politician, Ah, oh, China's the biggest currency manipulator. They're attacking our dollar because the Chinese hate us for our freedom, blah, blah, blah. The number one destroyer of the United States dollar is the United States. The number one manipulator of currency on a global scale is the United States. The number one house that is involved in economic fraud throughout the world is the United States, man. And that's the issue. And the world got along with it because it's like it's like you're being like a remora, one of those remora fishes swimming under the mouth of a great white shark. And you were fine with it. Because whatever the great white eats, you're going to get some of those crumbs and you get to lap up a little bit. All the lackeys that followed the West, that followed the United States, they were quite content eating the scraps that the shark was, was devouring. They don't realize that the great white shark called the United States wound up in a lagoon filled with killer whales. China, Russia. And the other countries that are joining up to it, now it's a problem. Now it's like, hey, you know what? Uh, I don't feel so safe swimming with this great white anymore. It might be me. (laughs) And this is what's happening right now where you're seeing this entire global shift. And it's all because it's been done by the United States. Anybody to blame, it is the U.S. And I'll tell you right now, having world reserve currency status is an incredible... Incredible responsibility. And just as the English, the British did it to themselves, how they lost that, the United States is also in the process of losing it. The great, you know, we talk about the Suez moment for the British, right, where they, it was was the end of that war they, they fought in the Suez Canal. That was known as the Suez moment. It was the end of the British Empire at that point. America's Suez moment was back in October of what, 2021 or 2022 or whatever, where a C-17 Globemaster was lifting up off of the ground in Kabul Airbase or Kabul Airport with Afghans hanging onto it. That was it. That was the greatest symbol, more than the, the UH1 Bell Huey on top of the American embassy in Chat in, in, in Saigon. Okay. That was an emblematic symbol of the end of America's war, the 38th parallel. But seeing a C-17 Globemaster. With the Afghanis hanging out for dear life. And that was it. That, to me, was the end of it. And so the United States right now, we're in a trajectory. There's no escaping this. There's no one person that could save this. There's no uh, Republican or Democrat that's got the, the cojones, the backbone, to stop what is going to be inevitable. And the economic collapse, I've always said this to my clientele for the longest time, the economic collapse of the United States is not good or bad. It's inevitable, and it's necessary. The question we all need to have is, once this collapse occurs and that vacuum is created, who steps into the vacuum? Is it going to be the deep state of the liars, the charlatans, the, the crooks, the satanists, the pedophiles? Will it be them again, or will it be the American people? Will we go back to the vision of 1776, or are we stepping into a deep a, 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 a psycho a psychopathic dream that is an amalgam of 1984 and a brave new world that choice is going to be left to the american people matt
1: no it's a it's a very stark uh but very very down-to-earth rational um pragmatic assessment i think um but on that note obviously the deep state currently is and has been um very, very stressed out about the possibility of the like, the only thing that I see personally as as being a vi if the US is going to survive, it's only because the only viable thing that I see within the US at this point is within the Republican Party, mostly around the, the, the MAGA Republicans, as they would be called, who have uh, the type of perhaps not necessarily they're not necessarily the most informed intellectually about the world. There's a lot of misinformation, but there's a morality um, within this community, which is, I would say increasingly the majority of the voices of adult citizens in America, um, but they currently have a champion in the form of Donald Trump, who it seems has, despite a lot of odds, endured and overcome quite a bit. I'm amazed in some ways that he's still alive, and I guess that's because he's able to pay for his own security detail and doesn't seem he seems to have some support. But do you think that even were, let's say, America to avoid a civil war, um, and make it to the election, and let's say all of the vote fraud, which we know is uh, is part of the package of what the Soros, malik Brown operation has been in uh, electric voting machines, all of that. Let's say we overcome all of that, and we're able to get in a Trump presidency. Let's say all of that happens. Do you think that the the collapse is still going to be inevitable, or do you think that there are things that could be done to circumvent the type of mass death and chaos that would unfold with the breakdown? of the u.s and potentially transatlantic economy with that
2: i think the collapse is is, is still going to occur but it won't be as bad the analogy i like to give is is an airplane you're in let's just say an airbus a350 okay you're in an airbus a350 or boeing triples forget boeing let's go with the airbus we're an airbus a350 you got engine failure (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) we got you got engine failure right engine one engine two is, is, is is engine one is done Engine two is running on 50% power. You're about, you're descending. You have before you two options. If you veer to the right, you're going to hit the mountain. You're all going to die. You're all going to die. You veer to the left, you crash land in the rice paddy. You'll live. You'll have a nice smooth glide in. It's a long enough rice paddy, followed by maybe a a very soft soil. You'll have a nice, comfortable landing. won't be too hard. won't be too bad. You'll just, you know. Bring it in. If Trump wins, we're going to go into a controlled crash, that is into the rice pattern. At that point, the dollar will be revalued. We'll probably and, and and the and the murmurings that I'm hearing when I talk to some of my guys on that are on the institutional side that are very connected individuals. The murmurings that I'm hearing is the idea to have the dollar pegged to the energy. Uh, that's here in the United States, the the energy commodities, the, the hydrocarbons that are in the ground in the United States to have it, a real petrodollar, real energy-backed dollar, right? And then reinvigorate the economy through an infrastructure deal that has to be done with both the Chinese on the infrastructure side and for the energy side, there's no nobody better than the Russians. Nobody more experienced than the Russians when it comes to next generation drilling and fracking and what needs to be done for energy. So there is a, there is a th- that type of partnership is is being talked about in some of the back rooms that in, in private equity. Um, that's the goal. That's the hope. That's the dream. But just like when you crash landing the plane into a soft rice paddy, you can bet there's going to be structural um, things that will break. I, I believe there'll be massive supply chain disruptions in many parts of the country. I think a lot of states will have to re-industrialize or re-agriculture themselves in order to supply themselves their own food and and their own energy and their own and the, and their own um supply chain to 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 fill the void of what is going to happen. There's going to be issues in a large in a lot of the large cities. I see writing occurring in places like New York City, uh Los Angeles, Chicago, any of these large cities will Go into utter lawlessness. I can see probably some uh, some um, uh, martial law being declared in areas such as that to to bring the crowds back in control. But when this occurs, the desire this is, and this again, these are some of the conversations that are happening with private equity. The desire that is being war gamed here is that when we do go through this crash, is to have a massive re a massive reinvigoration. For shovel-ready infrastructure jobs that will put people to work immediately, just take up the slack from what has been destroyed because of the fire economy, right? To go ahead and give them a a purpose, start working so they can cover some of their basic uh, um, needs and necessities. But this is what I think we're heading, And and Europe is, is, I mean, apart from Germany, if the Germans ever wake up and- Decide, hey, we're not going to you know, sell our, our our manufacturing birthright down the river. If they ever decide to fight for that, I think Germany could come out of this uh, pretty good as well. France, maybe I'm not so sure about them, but everybody else is 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 a lost cause in Europe pretty much. Um, Canada also will be affected if the if if Cana- you know, you guys have the same fight we do. And I think if uh, if you know Canada is sitting on a great deal of mineral wealth, one of the one of the most mineral rich countries with natural resources on the planet is Canada. So So yeah. um, we face the same we face the same monster, Matt.
1: Oh yeah, no, across the board: natural gas, oil, uranium, lithium, you yeah. name it. I mean, Canada, especially the untapped material in the north in the Arctic, Yukon, and this is also the sort of thing that. Uh, Trump was trying to do before he left with his executive order to build rail between the lower 48 states through Alberta into the Yukon, the north, and into Alaska that would have connected up into the already developing Far Eastern and Arctic Eurasian policy of Russia, China, India, which are all looking heavily at exploiting and developing um, the vastly underdeveloped and hugely rich uh, Arctic zone of Russia with rail shipping lines. So that's all all stuff that is definitely, I can testify for sure, is is uh, part of the discussion in back channel meetings and in all sorts of domains. So highly, highly potent potential way to rebuild and reconstruct over the long term. But li- I loved your example of the the plane having two choices of either the smacking into the mountain or potentially, you know, not comfortable, but still um, survivable soft landing in a rice paddy. I'm <laughs> going to use that. I'm going to steal that from you. Hope you don't mind. We're going to go in for, for a... <laughs> We're going to go for a short uh, commercial break. We'll be
0: right back on TNTradio.live. Deweaponizing weather with reality and perspective.
3: Remember when you were in math class and they told you to check your work? You do remember that, right? Let's say you have five minus three and that equals two. You want to check your work, go, well, take the answer two, add three. It equals five. Correct right? Well, you can work backwards when checking your work when it comes to why the planet is warming. At least I can with my hypothesis that this is geothermal. In other words, the input of extra energy from what is going on in the bottom of the ocean. How can I do that? Well, let's take a look at what's going on. There's less cloudiness in the tropics now. We all know that clouds are formed by the air going up, right? So that means there must not be as much air going up. Why would that be? Well, if we went from the North Pole to the South Pole, we had an average vertical velocity, and because of the normal distribution of temperature, the greatest vertical velocities so where it's warm and moist, which would be the tropical oceans, then we'd have a certain distribution, right? Well, what happens when that distribution is disturbed by distortion? In other words, it's warming more in the north, and it's warming more in the south than it is in between. Well, guess what? Less vertical velocity, less clouds. Less clouds, more sun hitting the ocean. More sun hitting the ocean, more outgoing long wave radiation. So this is being observed now. The mistake being made by people on my part of the argument, in my opinion, is that they believe that that is the tail wagging the dog. It's not. The dog that wags the tail is the input of geothermal energy that warms the oceans, that puts the water vapor into the atmosphere, leads to the distortion, leads to the difference in the vertical velocity patterns. So you see, right in front of you, I checked my work on his hypothesis. This is TNT climate and weather watchdog meteorologist, Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you got. I didn't ask to be thrown in the streets with nowhere to go, but I did ask for help and Covenant House was
0: there for me.
1: One in 10 young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For these kids who didn't ask to be put in this unthinkable situation, Covenant House is there, providing hot meals, a safe place to sleep, medical care, and love.
3: They just really genuinely just wanted to help me succeed, and I'm succeeding.
1: To learn more, go to safeplacetosleep.org today.
0: You're listening to Connecting the Dots with Matt Arendt on today's News Talk Radio TNT. TNT. All right, we're back with the third segment of the first
1: hour of Connecting the Dots. Uh, V, you you were recently just going through, before we we went into a commercial break, over what would be a rational type of approach to the oncoming collapse that was brought upon by ourselves, um, Mm -hmm. not... Not 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 Iran, not Nicaragua, not Venezuela, not not China. These are these are a lot. There's a lot of smoke screens to try to give us a hate image to 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 avoid self-examining our own faults and to find fault in some other enemy image, the Jews, whatever. There's so many things that have been created as a as a hate as hate absorbers so that we don't actually deal with cleaning up our own backyard here. Um, You made a point, though, that we need shovel-ready mega-infrastructure projects that could help revive the real economy. Now, a lot of people might hear what you just said and say, oh, that sounds like Ursula van der Leyen and uh, the Green New Deal crowd talking about building green infrastructure, green new deals. Ursula just said we need uh, $620 billion per year for the green transition. Um, How is what you've just said, which does sound like a New Deal type of approach, to creating jobs, creating, creating the real economy versus this Green New Deal. What is the difference in your mind? How would you respond to people who have this misgiving or or are worried based on the, the outward form of what you said?
2: Yeah, I'd be happy to uh, explain that. Westerners have no idea what economics is. Westerners have no idea that they live in a fake economy. Okay? Westerners don't understand this, and this is what I need people to get we have what is known as the fire economy here in the United States and all over the Western world. Okay, what is the fire economy? Finance, insurance, real estate. Okay, finance, insurance, real estate. That is the fire economy. In other words, it's the speculative economy. In a healthy country, you would want maybe 10, maybe 15% of your of your entire economic output, maybe 20 at the most, to be a fire economy, to have the, the, the finance, insurance, or the speculative aspect of it. 15% maybe 20, but I'm really stretching it one, but 10, 15%. That's good. That's healthy. It's Good. Mm-hmm. The rest you want manufacturing and services. Okay. That's what you want because that's the physical economy, manufacturing goods and services. And then 10, 15%, maybe 20%. You want the, the speculative, the banking, the, the financial side of things, right? Mm-hmm. In the U S and in the Western world, it is completely lopsided is inverted. The majority of our economy, over 80 some odd percent of it, is all speculative. When you have the majority of your economy that is all speculative, what occurs is that your manufacturing and your your physical economy becomes a cottage industry of the larger financial economy. Case in point, Boeing. This is fresh in everybody's mind, so I'll bring it up. We've had a door blown out on a 737 MAX. Prior to that, we had the 787 Dreamliner that's been grounded because it's been, you know, it's been more time on the ground than in the air because it's been grounded several times because of all sorts of issues with this hybrid technology, right, and all this green crap that they put onto the plane. You've had several other issues with the Boeing 777X, which is being delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed. It's not even seeking service. What happened to Boeing? Boeing went from an engineering company that was grounded on solid engineering prowess to a company that is obsessed with its stock price. The fire economy is what happened to Boeing. The fire economy is what happens to General Motors. The fire economy is what leads to nonsense like electric vehicles. So what is different between what I say and what van der Leyen says? I am for the physical economy. I am for this because I understand that the wealth of a nation is not created on a trading floor on Wall Street. It is created on the factory floor. That's the difference. A physical economy with real energy, real solutions, real wealth, real prosperity versus one. And this is why, look, you could never have, and this is why the financial collapse is so important, guys, You could never have a healthy manufacturing base and a physical economy while the fire economy lives because the fire economy is a parasitic drain on the physical economy. It's a parasitic drain. You need to quell that beast. You need to tame that dragon. Otherwise, it will burn you alive and destroy everything that your country has built. This is what Thomas Jefferson says. I fear... That, that we will wake up in a land where that uh, we're, were that their forefathers, our sons and daughters wake up in a country where corporations and banks run on everything they ruin everything they destroy their future and their birthright on a land on a country that their forefathers fought to free and that's exactly what's happening we've allowed speculators folks let me explain something to you the United States is not a 37 trillion dollar economy S- majority of that. There was a time when I could have said 50% of that was reshuffled debt. I would say today 80% of it is reshuffled debt. We're really maybe a 3 maybe a $5 trillion, maybe $7 trillion economy at most. And this is why the, the fire economy is a delusional economy. It makes you believe you're in BS. It makes mm-hmm. you think that you can go fight a conventional war against the Russians and win. And then when reality hits home, when you don't have any munitions, when you don't have any firepower, where you don't have any sort of military projection. And the only thing you can do when a bunch of Houthi rebels start taking on and bullying your ships, putting your foreign policy against the wall, the only thing you can do is to knock on the Chinese door and Jake Sullivan saying, could you please help us out? And comment of the Houthis now. What happened, Jake? I thought you were a superpower. I thought, I thought America was a superpower. I thought we were the the, the city on the hill. We're asking the Chinese to help. Why? Because we understand the criminal elements within the United States understands that if they get into a war, a greater regional war, the United States will be exposed for what it is, a weak fake charlatan. In a conventional war, the United States will probably last about two weeks against the Russians. Two weeks! We do not have the industrial production to fight a war. We do do not have the industrial production to make toilet paper during a pandemic. We don't have that, but here we are, Westerners thinking, oh, we're the largest economy in the world. Uh, if you went to a third tier city in China, you Westerners, I I I ask you to do this: go to a third tier, not a first tier, because the first tier you 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 might vaporize. Like what happened in that movie, uh, The Avengers Endgame when Thanos snapped his fingers, he vaporized into the dust. But if you just go to a third-tier city and you looked at the infrastructure, you would your heads would explode. You will lose control of your bowels because you've been realized, you've been lied to, you've been living as a third-rate citizen in your own country. You don't even realize it. All the time you're beating your chest, talking about how free you are. That's the difference, folks. You want America to be great. You want Canada to be great. You want Europe to be great. You have to kill the fire economy. You have to pour some water on it with real liquidity, real solvency, real solutions, and a physical economy. That's the answer, Matt.
1: The physical economy. I love that righteous fire that you just like tap into when you get at the pulpit. That's good. (laughs) Um, No, it's really good. Now, I, I think that the, the that's the key thing that it's true. Most people don't tend to think about the physical reality, because if you have a Green New Deal, that might create what appears to be a spike in jobs for a period. But at the same time, the effect of those jobs having been been worked to 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 tear down hydroelectric plants that might create jobs, it takes people to tear down hydroelectric plants that were built up in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and it takes jobs to to build uh windmills those things are big the, the the size of a boeing 747 so if okay. you want to build thousands of these all across former farmland you might make jobs but the quality of the physical economy will be destroyed because the quality of energy that will be given to you by no hydroelectric dams by by windmills and solar panels is so crap poor unreliable and low quality that you won't be able to fire up and maintain any heavy industry you won't be able to have anything that will have a productive power that will allow you to survive or sustain your people. So it's really an illusion. Um, so I think what you just said is really, really important because it's a different paradigm in thinking about reality. Now, based on what you said, we have a, a, a short little segment left here, six minutes or so. You just touched on something that that I think is important to maybe, I'd like to get your, your words. Many people um, want to blame China. And for all of our problems, we we alluded to it. Now, on the one hand, you have, you know, Sullivan and and, and freaks from the, the U.S. deep state begging China to come in and help them on the, the Yemen issue and the Red Sea. On the other hand, you have NATO and the U.S. military industrial complex spreading up and building a, um, a missile shield around China, provoking separatist movements in and around China, uh, provoking essentially war. It's very, very um, off kilter. It's It's hard for people to think about. And a lot of people they simply say oh well the fact that china has the productive industry is uh, the 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 only evidence they need or the fact that blinken or others are 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 asking china to help on the red sea um is evidence that china is running America, is, is controlling america or that the border crisis you know that's run by china that's 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 trying to destroy america through immigration so there's all sorts of different narratives that have been created um to try to to try to make it seem that well that's why china took our industry they did that as a big trick to destroy us and now they're the the productive power so stupid. what do you say in response to these uh voices that are just
2: yeah very very idiots they are okay. freaking idiots and this is what I want my, the point that uh folks you hear this all the time in western media blah 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 Look. Most Westerners don't have a passport. Most Westerners never traveled abroad. Most Westerners don't even take the time to understand the cultures and the countries in which they travel to or they do business in. It's very unfortunate. Okay. Folks, you, you got to understand China. China is a very, um, it's, 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 they're a merchant class of people. They're about doing business. The business of China is business. Okay. People have said, the business of America is business. Now, the, Amer- <laughs> the business of America is fraud. What so we do, this is a China's business. In terms of stealing industry, you know, the United States makes it appear that we're, they're the China is the only one that does an industrial espionage. Folks, industrial espionage occurs within American companies, and they do it to themselves. And the United States does industrial espionage overseas all the time. It's everybody does it. Okay, so for us to put on this this saintly attire and say well, industrial as they're stealing our technology. Really? There are technology in the in, in China that's existed for several years that the United States has claimed that they stole from us and we don't even see it here in the United States. So where is it? You know, where is it? You know, it, it, it's when the United States is screaming about, oh, they stole 5G. Well, China's deployed 5G decades ago. United States, the 5G is still kind of rolling out. It still sucks. It's still crap. So where is this, uh, This oh, they stole our technology? It's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. Folks, let me tell you something. It doesn't benefit China to follow the American or the British model of world conquest. It doesn't benefit them. It doesn't benefit China to have a weak America. It benefits China to have an economically strong and robust and vibrant America in order for China to do business with. It benefits China to have an industrious and prosperous West. This is the mentality that Westerners don't understand. China's done everything to say, hey, you know what? Guys, slow down on this war thing. Hey, you know what? Your rhetoric is a little too out there. Hey, you know this this Paris Climate Accord? Yeah, we're not too crazy about it. I think this is a little overblown, this whole climate change stuff, right? People don't understand. It's like people conflate Western elites with the Chinese. They are not the same. They do not like each other. They tolerate each other, and the Chinese side is willing to work with them. But the West is zero to some game. Why? Because they're a bunch of, uh, sad, sad to put it, they're a bunch of old dudes who have some very serious racist views on how the rest of the world is i mean you can hear the, the uh, um what's the guy there the president of the eu uh, uh joseph burrell we're all talking about eu being the the great garden that must be pruned and protected and the rest of the world's a jungle oh yeah burrell yeah, and that the garden must go out
1: either. into the jungle and spread more yeah. garden and tame spread the jungle. more
2: gardens like, yeah insanity it's 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 there's a yeah. There's a, and I know it's an overplayed word, but there is when you look at the European Western elites and stuff. There's a lot of racism, you know, racist towards Russians, racist towards any non Anglo uh, Northern European stuck, and it's, it's insanity. It's it's a detriment, and uh, the rest of the world's woken up, man. It's woken up. And well, then it seems, forward, like, the it seems like it seems like like a like
1: a. Like a controlled uh dualism of that that's yeah. been created between the the hyper hyper woke liberal left that feels um that they can't judge anything as being right or wrong everything is equally right which means nothing is right because if everything is right nothing is right and there's no gender right. there's no such thing as as nation state that's just a a western construct um so you've got this hyper liberalism which has is behind the justification for mass unbounded immigration into every country, including illegals that should become increasingly there's justifications to make them part of the the police forces, let them vote, all this stuff, even if you're illegal. And then on the other hand, of course, you're going to get a a response, which will be very predictable of hyper, hyper conservatism to the point of it being very toxic of, of, of starting to see, um, um, well, the, it's sort of like the 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 Nazi structure that was the the thing that absorbed a lot of the right-wing reaction to the hyper George Lukacs Frankfurt school bolshevism of the 1919-1920 ni- period yeah. that was trying to bring sex, you know, sex education all this this liberal stuff into the school systems and they were like no, no and then of course it got so crazy that you create a polarization. So you got these two different things and and we're playing the same we're we're being played by the same fiddles by the same strings the same musical tunes like we we that led us into World War 1, World War 2 so v i mean you've gone through a lot thank you so much for this if people want to follow more of your material follow rogue news what do they do or amparo what do they do yeah you can go seconds. to
2: uh find us on x at uh, rogue news events R- uh, rogue news events on x you can go check out roguenews.com the site's going through a revamp we'll be relaunching the site probably in another week or two it's gonna be awesome and then uh rumble youtube and whatnot you can find us at rogue news tv and then amparo if you need precious metals if you need digital assets Contact us on paroandco.com. We will help you.
1: All right. Thank you, V. All right. We're going to come back for our next segment with Ed Lazansky on connecting the dots on TNT Radio. Stay tuned on TNTRadio.live.